Hi, I'm Scott Hamilton, Rockfile, back with another podcast review for your ears. This time going to be talking about the last, so far, Underworld movie, Blood Wars. So the short version is a lot of people call this the weakest one. I'm now going to have to go rewatch them all to see. Um, Review-wise, it's not the weakest one. But I kind of remember the third one as being kind of weak because it was, well, there's a story that didn't feature Celine. It was a whole different background story and had some good actors in it. i got to rewatch that one. But as I mentioned in my review of the last Underworld movie I watched, Awakening, um, I didn't watch, I was looking for a movie to watch one night and I'm rewatching some things every once in a while. And I, if I pull a movie out of my collection and go, I really don't remember what happened in this. I'll, I'll pop it in, you know, if it's, if it's what I'm in the mood for. And the other night that was Underworld Awakening because I honestly couldn't remember anything about the movie and watched it and did my review and thought, you know, it wasn't terrible. It, it really, in, in the mythology of the Underworld movies, it wasn't terrible. It could have been better, but it led to, you know, the next movie kind of. So Fourth of July weekend arrived and I'm looking for a movie to put on during fireworks hours. It's got a lot of gunplay and explosions in it that will kind of cover up the sounds from outside. Um, my dogs really are fine with fireworks, not like some dogs. Archer, the older one, he could care less. He could sleep through Armageddon. Mickey, on the other hand, thunder bothers him. So some of the fireworks do make him shake and I try and do my best to alleviate that without drugs or whatever. And usually watching a movie, uh, they're used to me watching movies with gunplay and gunfire and stuff. So that that they'd sleep through that. Um, that was my goal. And since I had just watched Awakening and thought it wasn't terrible, let me watch Blood Wars. Maybe that one will be better. Eh. <laughs> Short version of, is if you've seen all four movies, you need to see this one too. There are some very interesting things that they set up, very interesting things that happen, but they shoot themselves in the foot several times during the course of the movie. It's not a great film, but I like what they were trying to do. And that's the short version. It feels like this movie was edited after the fact. It feels like it's a little choppier than it should be. I don't know. Um, Anna Forrester directed it. She hasn't had a great deal of big experience. Well, <laughs> running her own thing experience. She worked with Roland Emmerich on most of the movies since Independence Day. And she's done several episodes in big TV series, um, Outlander, Westworld, Criminal Minds, Unforgettable. Um, she worked as a cinematographer for visual effects on Godzilla, Pitch Black, <laughs> Stuart Little 2. You know, she's worked on some pretty big films and was a second unit director on Aeon Flux, The Day After Tomorrow, 10,000 BC. Things like, she's had a lot of experience. This is the only movie she's ever made. Supposedly, when this movie came out, she was working with J.J. Abrams and his production company to direct Lou, a thriller about a mother trying to recover her abducted child, but it's five years later and that hasn't appeared yet. A lot of movies like this that come out, they're, they're just okay. Sometimes you have to blame the director. Maybe they weren't, you know. But I think in this particular situation she was right for the the task i think she did a pretty good job with what she had with the script um it was written by one guy Corey goodman based on his story uh, he's got no other credits i don't know anything about the guy how do these movies get made <laughs> you know they they this is the fifth movie in a series of movies that have made a lot of money for Sony, and I, I just don't understand why, well, let's get a first-time director and a screenwriter we've never heard of. I, 
you've got some good actors. Theo James returns. Um, Laura Pulver is in this. Tobias Menzies is in this. Um, James Faulkner, love him. Daisy Head, Charles Dance, love him. Uh, Kate Beckinsdale came back. And like I said, there's a lot of good things about the movie. It only had a $35 million budget, and it looks much greater than that. But I will talk about the video a little bit later on. I'm not going to get into major spoilers either. It, like the last movie, is mostly action. This one has more story to tie it all together, and I don't think they slow down enough. The one thing that stands out like a huge sore thumb, it's like for a while in the movie, everybody is backstabbing somebody. It's really only two, three, four characters, but it's like, it feels like everybody. It's like, is there a vampire not turning on the vampires to work with the werewolves in this one? It seemed like every time we're turning around, oh, this character just backstabbed this person. Oh, wait, this character just back. Oh, and this person's a baddie and she's working with these and they're all bad too. And it, it was almost a little too much of the soap opera drama. Now, this is baked into the mythology of Underworld, always has been. And i that's part of the intrigue about the vampires and how they work and, and the, the hierarchy of the covens and all that. I, I do understand. It just felt like this movie just piled one on after the other after the other. Maybe one or two less, and the movie would have been a little bit clearer and could have spent a little more time on those big plot twists. But the plot twists are good. And like I said, what they want to do with them, the things they introduce, we're, we're getting heavily into the ultraviolet rounds thing that some other movies have played with as far as vampires go. And it just seems like, I don't know, there were too many cooks in the kitchen, maybe. There's a lot of producers on this movie. And I know with a first-time director in a big movie company, she probably didn't have final say on when the movie came out. There were some fight scenes that were really dim. There were some scenes together that were really dim. This was the first Underworld movie that was released in 4K when it came out, and I didn't have a 4K TV at the time, so I had never seen it in 4K. And this weekend, I watched it on Blu-ray, as I didn't have access to the 4K TV. Um, and there were some scenes that were just downright murky. Not, I don't think they were filmed that way. I, I They looked almost artificially darkened. And one was a, a, a pretty extended fight scene with Theo James, and he was doing really good. You know, it's not like they were trying to cover up his moves. They sped some things up. These are vampires, for crying out loud. Um, but the fight scenes were well choreographed. A, a few times they get a little too close. You'd like them to back up a little more so I can see what's going on. And then there's some just... Let's just put this in slow motion to give this scene more import, but it's a cheap slow-mo, and it doesn't felt like the director asked for that. Maybe somebody went into the editing room and went, just put a little slow-mo in that scene right there. Some of these decisions just didn't feel as organic as some other movies by bigger directors would. All of that being said, though, you've got really strong performances from just about everybody in the movie. Everybody's given some great scenery to chew on. The The people who play bad play really bad, and they're having a blast doing it. Watch some of the extras after, and it's like, wow. They had to recast a few of the roles, but they're seen in flashbacks or visions, so that wasn't a major deal. Um, they actually had some guy replace... The Scott Speedman character is Michael, not to give away a big spoiler, but you don't see him much, and it's all in flashback kind of things, and it's not not that big a deal. You know, it, it really, this movie kind of glided over that. They introduce this northern coven that can do things that some of the other vampires can't do, and it's supposedly because they they almost they get to the point of death. They take this poison and they they are wrapped in cocoons in the water, and then they kind of go to this special place, and when they come back, they can see through things and and move quicker and whatever. 
and Celine, of course, doesn't buy this when she gets up there, but they explain that, you know, the woman knew everything about Celine and had never met her before. I mean, details, the stuff that we knew from watching the movies. So that's a very interesting thing to kind of throw out there. And then they don't do much with it. I mean, it is what it is a big part of the movie towards the end. But we don't see like what happens on the other side, what they go see or whatever. And I maybe that was a budget thing. Maybe they just didn't have an extra few million dollars to go. Let's see what this fantasy realm looks like. I would be very interested. Um, and some of the extras they talk about, we would make a sixth one. We're not closing the door on that, but we don't know what it would be. I think that would be <laughs> that would be interesting to start investigating that. And there's a big setup at the end with a character from the last movie that kind of reappears and we're supposed to understand what this one scene means. And it's like, what? Wait, wait. And it, and it's over and the movie ends. And it's like, wow, maybe that was a cliffhanger into a next movie that just hasn't happened. In all the extras, they say that they would make another one. But this was 2016 when the extras were filmed. The movie came out in like 2017. Um about a year later, Kate Beckinsale said, I've made quite a few of those. I don't really have to make another one, <laughs> which I thought was funny. Um, I would be interested in seeing another one if they can get back on track. I'm going to watch the earlier movies. Like I said about some of the acting, um, Kate's great in it, as always. She plays the role really well. And to know what a decent actress she is, is watch her in the behind the scenes when she's talking and acting. And, and she's a more bubbly, effervescent kind of person and complete opposite of Celine, the character she plays as a vampire in all these movies. She does a really good job with that role. Having heavyweights like Charles Dance come in and James Faulkner, I mean, just heavyweight actors come in, that added some gravitas to the entire picture. But like I said, it's one plot twist after another. And the biggest complaint I've had with some of the later Underworld movies, when in the first one, when she takes out the big bad, the, the ancient vampire, it's hard. It's really hard to kill him. And she finally does it, barely. When they kill the big guys in the, in the last couple of movies, it's like, done. I mean, the, the, when the werewolves first attack the, the vampire's coven, they get right into the main doorway. They drive right in the front door. They park in the parking lot in these vans. They jump out and they, and they have a showdown in the main hall. Where were the defenses? Where were the, <laughs> the guards? Where were the fences? Where, how did they get all the way into the building just like that? And yes, there is a subplot with people, you know, opening things up and all that. I get that, but... No defenses at all, and nobody noticed, and it's it's daytime, and the vampires aren't worried about keeping the grounds protected, and they don't have minefields. I mean, I don't know. I just, it seemed really easy to break into the vampire coven. And the same thing, we are told when we first get to the north that the lichens aren't going to come up there because it's cold, and, and, and werewolves don't do well with cold. And then all of a sudden, we have hundreds of werewolves in the north without much of an explanation. They're wearing big jackets. <laughs> Did he give him some of, give them some of his special blood? That is the underlying big plot twist I won't get into, but there's this blood that the, the main uh, bad guy, Marius, is taking that makes him beyond what the typical lichens are. And when he fights, they're like, what? Celine's like, what are you? <laughs> You're not the typical lichen because you can't kill the guy. Um, but then it, it, it kind of is easy to kill him, but things change. I, 
I don't have giant complaints in movies like this about stretches because we're dealing with vampires and werewolves in a in a thousand year battle or a couple thousand year battle. You know, it's it, it is what it is. Um, but that being said, you want some logic to apply to the mythology and things that happened earlier in, in previous movies need to happen the same way in, in later movies. And like I said, I, I don't think it would be quite so easy for the Lycans to get over on the vampires or have this many people. Um, it's like one of the bad guy vampires knows that one of the other ones is a bad guy, but let her do the whole thing and then says, and you didn't think I know? Okay, well... Didn't if she knew? Didn't others know? How come some of these leaders that can kind of read minds and see through everything didn't know? But again, we just piled on a few a few heavy of the backstabbing plot twists in the first two thirds of the movie. That by the time we get to all the action and where the comeuppance comes, it's like finally these people need to die because they have repeatedly done horrible things and not gotten caught at it. Weakest movie in the five, probably. It just feels like it was kind of, you know, had a $35 million budget and they squeezed it out the door, got everything out of it they could. Um, there's some great set pieces. There's some great fight scenes. Like I said, there were only a few issues with some overly dark scenes for whatever reason that I think don't appear that way in the 4K, but I will recheck that for you down the road a little bit. Um, but I have these are guilty pleasures. It, definitely a movie series. I don't call you know, arguably bad movies that I enjoy guilty pleasures very often because, again, as I've said in many reviews, it takes hundreds of people to produce one of these movies. The movies, they don't start out with the idea that this is going to be bad. They're trying to make the best movie they can, but there are a lot of steps, hundreds, if not thousands of steps on the way where movies can falter. And so what comes out is not always what they originally envisioned or not exactly what everybody wanted, but, you know, I take every movie with that grain of salt that a lot of people worked on this and I'm going to give it a shot. You know, regardless of, but Underworlds, I would call guilty pleasures because even the first one wasn't the best movie ever made, you know, and, and we've kept up with the series and it's continued to make money. Um, good soundtracks, interesting cinematography, interesting characters, lots of action. The last one was so full of action, like John Wick action. I mean, just lots. Um, this one could have used a little bit more of that, but the the, the big set pieces are quite chaotic and, and well filmed and Overall, it's not a terrible movie. Wouldn't be at 26% on Rotten Tomatoes if it was terrible. Some people like it. But as an Underworld fan, give me the first two, you know, and, and I'll rewatch the third one and see how that falls. I hope they make a sick. It would reboot it. I, I think it's been long enough. We're, we're, what, almost 20 years? I think the first one came out like 2002. So maybe for the 20-year anniversary, you reboot it. Have Celine be the elder. She kind of ends the movie as, a, as an elder. The elders don't do a whole lot. They sit around and talk. So have her in a couple of scenes. You could probably even piece that together from some leftover footage from the earlier movies. Um, and, and just have her oversee some great new story. But you've got to come up with a great story. You can't just redo this because we've kind of done this to death. So um, it's entertaining. It's in the collection. I, there are things I really like about the story, flawed as it is. There are things I really like that they tried to do, um, flawed as it is. But... I like the Underworld movies. It's a guilty pleasure. Your mileage may vary. I'm Scott Hamilton, Rockfile. My website is therockfile.com. Thank you so much for liking, sharing, and subscribing. More reviews on the way, especially one I'm going to do right now because, uh, well, it's that time. I'll see you on the next one. <laughs>